980. This is Old Guy Radio for the Dead. These are the Shirelles and Will You Love Me Tomorrow. Fabulous piece of writing by Carol King and Jerry Goffin. How old is, uh, what's her name today? Shirley Reeves. Shirley Alston Reeves, 70 years old today. Lead singer. Yeah, sure. fabulous. Oh, can I also give a, a birthday shout out to yeah. Prince Philip? 90 years young today? Yes, 90. And you know what they did for him at, at Buckingham? They had him sit down. <laughs> they got moon bounces. Oh, how great is that? He'd be great to moon bounce, especially... You don't want to be carried away, though, and as we've seen lately, in a large wind or something yeah. like that, if the moon bounce. Those are his new in-laws. Exactly. I think they gave him a deal. They're the king and queen of moon bounce in England, in Middleton. Let me clarify something. Bill Isaacson uh, left me a panicked message this morning, as others are doing, uh, about uh, when the show is going to be on again. It's not going to be on next week. Um, it's too bad, because the NHL and NBA playoffs will conclude and the United States Open is going to be here, but it's not going to be on. I was going to take Thursday and Friday off anyway. My contract works like this. Um, after years, it, it, it has been incorrectly reported uh, that I've taken a lot of time off in, June, in, in July and August anyway. I haven't. I've taken off two weeks in July and two weeks in August from the radio. And then I've worked one week in the middle of my own vacation, which was three weeks and three weeks, I've worked one week for the radio um, in previous years, but I negotiated a contract this year which had a specific amount of dates that I had to have shows on, which I was happy to do. And the, my one thing was, I don't want to work, if I'm not working PTI, I don't want to work radio. I want to have the whole day. And the people at ESPN and ESPN 980, two different sets of people, were amenable to that. And so that was really good as far as I was concerned. I hit the number of how many shows I had to do, and after that, uh, in terms of the contract, it says that I have to get paid on a piece-by-piece -piece basis for additional shows. And it said that had to be mutually agreeable. Well, it's not agreeable to this station. That's fair. When somebody says mutually agreeable, you don't condemn the people who say, well, I, I don't want to do it that way. So I understand that. I've tried to, I've tried to say all along, this is business. And I'm not, it's, am I going to take it personally? I take everything personally, but I also understand there's a business component to this, that the station doesn't want to pay additional money when it doesn't have to. Okay, I get that. I'm much more upset at, you know, at, at holding back the tide on podcasts. I mean, to me, delaying and delaying and delaying podcasts, to me, is sort of what happened. It's why newspapers are dead, because they didn't see the Internet coming, and when they did, they said, well, we don't, don't worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. Or it's like... If you were making um, if you were making albums and somebody invented the CD and you said you know what we're not going to do CDs we're not going to look forward we're going to look backwards we really like albums so all of our artists are going to have to continue to make huge albums well that wouldn't have worked would it so I understand that there's a business component here and people are saying well how can we make money off these podcasts the real problem with the podcast as far as my situation goes is that you don't get ratings on podcasts. They're not measurable in ratings. So people say, well, where are the ratings for this? How do we sell advertising? How do we make it work? And that is way above my head. I don't understand that. So that is where the conflict is. But what the show will be, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks in a row in July and August, there'll be no show. Seven weeks. But that seems like a substantial amount of time to me. That has to do with PTI being off and me being off and this station saying we're going to not have the shows in those uh, periods of time. So there'd be like three shows 
in July and three shows in August and then not even the first week of September. But we'll be back. We'll be back, hopefully, unless they just say, here, here's a bunch of money. Go as far away from here as possible, which <laughs> I'm willing to do that, too. Um, we'll be back when the football season is supposed to start. And with our good fortune, we have Jason Lockman Fora with us today of the NFL Network. So this all rests on my shoulders. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I love the intro. The football season always or traditionally starts on the Thursday after Labor Day for the first game and then the Sunday after Labor Day for the rest of the schedule and then that following Monday ends the the NFL work week. Uh, Where are we now and what are the chances that happens? I think you'll be working in September, Tony. Uh, If this is indeed linked to the football season. Things are are going well. There's actually... Positive vibes emanating from both camps, the NFLPA or the organization formerly known as the NFLPA and the NFL. You talk to people on both sides, they feel good about where it's heading. They would caution that some of these reports that, oh, they're a week away from a deal, or I know there was some small paper in Massachusetts that said yesterday the lockout's over. No, we're not quite there yet. But I think conservatively, I've been looking at the week of July 11th for a while now. It's a week after, obviously, the July 4th. Uh, holiday. We'll probably hear something from the, the Eighth Circuit Court in St. Louis by then. Uh, whether we do or don't, though, that's kind of an internal date. They'd like to get something done that week. If you get something done that week, you can still preserve the start of training camps. Yes, it would be unusual. Free agency would be much later. There would be issues, but you will have lost basically some OTAs at a mini camp. Which you know, at the end of the day, eight months. And I got news for you. Whenever we get a new CBA, the days of 15 to 18 OTAs are over. Right. There's going to be six to nine. And the days of three mini camps and or two mini camps plus one if you get a new head coach, it's over. You're going to get one mini camp, and that's going to be it. And guys aren't going to start getting to buildings until May or June anyway after the draft. So in the big scheme of things, if this is how it goes down, if we get a deal in July or August, we really haven't lost a whole lot. It's bad PR. It's bad marketing. But... It's, it's not the NFL. I mean, it's not, it's not losing a World Series. It's not the NBA losing half a season. It's not the NHL shutting down for a county. The day that the NFL gets back, everybody will be rejoicing in the streets, and they won't care. I can hear the it. harps playing now. But here's what I wonder about. It seems, then, that there is a certain momentum from both sides leading to your optimism. Does this court, what what would be the surprising thing in a court decision in St. Louis which would halt and, and retard that momentum? I, I don't think it really will. And the message was sent pretty strongly from the court the last time that no one's going to love whatever we come up with. And we can be pretty creative, and we've got six to eight weeks. We're going to take our time. Uh, yes, we'll do it in a diligent fashion, but you're, you're not going to love what we come up with, and we might ultimately still throw it back on you. And, and really, any negotiation especially a multi-billion dollar negotiation, comes down to deadlines. We haven't hit a real deadline yet. I mean, everybody said, oh, March the 4th is when it's going to expire. And I'm sitting there saying, no, they'll push it back. They can, that's artificial. It's a lot the CBA expires. Don't extend it by 48 hours. Don't extend it by a week. They did all that. Okay, we didn't get a deal. It still doesn't matter. Everybody knows training camp's not starting until July. You know, your, your huge sponsorships, everything that's tethered to the start of the regular season has not been compromised yet. When you start getting into August, now you're compromising it. Everything else before, and I told coaches in the league, take your staff, tell them to shut it down. Take May and June off. Ain't nothing going to happen. You're not going to miss anything. Let's come back in mid-July and talk, and that's where we are. What would be, I mean, I assume that the NFL, there's nothing going on in February. 
until until March Madness, I assume the N- the NFL has an entire month to back end games and still get through the playoffs. So I don't even know that August is a significant deadline. I think well, if you don't have any games by October 1st, that's significant. I just think in terms of the covenant with fans and, and, and trying to come out of this least unscathed, they yeah. really want to play football on 9-11, right? Like, I mean, yes. that, that yes. You, you've set this up now where you've got New York teams playing Washington yes. teams. Like, th- we're fighting over $10 billion in revenue. Let, let's not let it get that far. And it's very hard to change your Super Bowl city and push that back. Well, the lucky in this regard, though, it's Indianapolis, which also hosts the Combine. We already know there's nothing happening in that building the month of February because they're getting ready for the Combine, and now they're planning the Super Bowl. So that, that would give them some wiggle room, but there's, this thing has already gone on, what, over two months? I mean, I, I think there's a point where it's kind of like enough's enough. And if we're fighting over $30 million per team per year, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that much. Allow me to take the cynical side then, because that's what I've done for more years than I care to count. If, if this progresses in the way you're saying it's progressing, then really what we've had from both sides is that the, the, the total disingenuousness. I mean, just because if, if they now look around and say, okay, enough is enough, let's, let's start moving now, then what principles are they adhering to? Well, this has been a leverage game, and at a certain point, you're going to play it out. The NFLPA, through decertification, has the ability uh, to gain some substantial leverage if that's held up. And the NFL, once they decertified, really had to lock them out. And now we're stuck in this sort of legal chamber that we're going to be in for a few months. Right. We've reached a point where whatever the Eighth Circuit rules on this injunction, the reality is we, we've spun it forward so far that we're going to be into the middle of July either way. And that was always going to be something of a drop-dead date. The way we reached it, yeah, I think both sides have couched things a certain way, have played things a certain way publicly that doesn't always maybe present what's actually going on behind closed doors. But if you talk to people who are intimately involved in this, they figured we probably would have to go, quote-unquote, nuclear in terms of decertification and lockout. We got there, and ultimately, to get a long-term deal, a long-term deal would not come through the courts. A long-term deal would come through bargaining, negotiation, mediation, whatever you want to call it. It does also seem to me that, and if, you're, if your timeline reads correctly, it does seem to me that certain teams with new coaches, specifically San Francisco, screwed. they really get hurt. They're hurt. There's, there's a quarter of the league that's coming in playing yeah. on one leg this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's reality. You're always in a tough bind with a new coach, but when you lose your entire offseason, it's really the teaching time. I mean, the OTAs, eh, whatever. The mini camps, blah. It's being able to get that first-round quarterback and, and have him in your yes. building five days a week and put things on the board. And, and yeah, everybody's better than the rules a little bit. Yeah, you're out of the backfields a little bit more than normal, but it's the teaching. It's the fact that he has all these DVDs and you spent two hours with him, and he can now go home and study it, and he understands it. I mean, if you throw a playbook at these kids, like Cam Newton, you can give him whatever. Give him a calendar year with that playbook. He's not going to figure it out unless no. he's able to learn through it and have someone actually teach the principles to him and talk to a wide receiver. Oh, this is what you would do there. Oh, you're going to, the back's going to chip this guy. I mean, a lot of these guys learn through doing. They learn through, through communicating with others. Just handing them a playbook is like a foreign language. I think that the teams that finished badly last year and fired coaches will finish badly yes. this year because yes. they're, they lose all. Harbaugh is going to walk in and have no idea. Nobody's going to know who he That's is. That's why Alex Smith is suddenly a commodity. Yes. Because at least he knows the other receivers. At least he's throwing balls to Vernon Davis. He's had the occasional big game with Vernon Davis or a Crabtree. You know, they're not going to change all the verbiage. Yes, they're going more, a little more hardcore West Coast. But 
yeah, I mean, you're, you're seeing a lot of people kind of taking gum out of their mouth and, and planning it here <laughs> and trying to fill this hole for yeah. six months to get us back to a normal calendar in 2012. Thank you, Jason. Uh, it's window time, boys and girls. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this because I like the copy so much. Hello, boys and girls. It's Mr. Tony, and I have just one thing to say. Come to the window, Beato. Come to the window. You know, maybe that guy was trying to lure Ringo over to ask him if his windows were from Window Nation. Maybe he was from here, and he knew that those windows were made here with the D.C. climate in mind, and maybe he also knew that they not only look great, but they do a great job of keeping the cool air in during our impossibly hot summers. 102 degrees yesterday, hottest June day in 137 years. You need to call Window Nation today. Call Harley and Aaron right now. They're probably very, very happy because Dallas won last night and LeBron can't beat them until game seven. Call them at 1-888-666-6422, 1-888-666-6422, or check them out on your own personal Google machine at windownation.com, or stop by a showroom, including the new one in Lorton. We are going to come back with, with Andy Byer and his Belmont Stakes preview. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show.